You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from tripadvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? Well, you're going to learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections and meet the woman of your dreams. Here's your host, me, Trip. Welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. And today, we have a very special interview with Mr. Mark Manson. You may have heard of him before. He's a very popular blogger, and he is the author of a well-known book called Models that's very big in this kind of community of uh, dating advice, especially for men, a lot of guys have it. Maybe you have it. Maybe you've read it before. Well, he's he's coming out with a new book, and we talk a little bit about that today and how it's going to help your dating life. And the book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which has uh, been popularized by one of his blog posts that went viral talking about how to not give a fuck. So the whole book is really all about how to live a better life and uh, do it in a way which we're going to be talking about today on the podcast. So if you're a fan of Mark Manson, uh, check this out because you're going to learn some cool stuff. And And we go into his story and it's pretty insane how similar his story is to mine in terms of how we got involved in dating advice and, and how we came to uh, get better with women and how we even came to some of the same conclusions which you're going to learn in terms of of how we should approach this whole women and dating thing. So you're going to hear that and more. And I'm really excited because he's definitely someone I've wanted to interview for a long time. He's just a very smart guy and has a great perspective on, again, how to you know be uh, better at dating and also just life in general. So this is kind of our little interview here talking about that and also promoting his awesome new book called The the subtle art of not giving a fuck, and and wow, what a powerful title, huh? So here it is, my interview with Mark Manson. And just a really quick note, somewhere around the 27-minute mark, um, no pun intended, Mark um, ends up kind of going in and out with the reception, so I apologize for that, but uh, just know that that only lasts for a couple minutes, and I edit it the best I can so you can kind of hear everything clearly. But uh, yeah, don't jump off just because it's a little hard to hear for a second because we end up cleaning it up right afterwards. So here's our interview. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? I'm good. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on uh, on the podcast. I feel like we definitely have a, a lot to talk about. Um, I know right now you're you're doing a lot of podcasts and uh, and doing a lot of PR for your your new book that's coming out called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, um, which I got to say, uh, so this is actually published, right? This is not self-published? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's being published by HarperCollins. And so you were able to get away. You didn't give a fuck. And you were able to get away <laughs> with uh, putting fuck in the title. Is that like, how does that work? You know, actually, they... Uh, they kind of they were hesitant at first and then they were all about it they actually kind of pushed me like i came up with alternate book titles um and then like once i sent the manuscript in they're like no we got to keep the fox like <laughs> we got to we got to use the fox so um they're they're totally on board my editor was awesome he totally gets my style and my message so uh 
and he's a big potty mouth too, so it worked out. <laughs> That's great. So, so let's talk a little bit about about. We'll, we'll get back into the book. I want to hear more about uh, you know how you created it and how you came up with the idea and all that stuff. Um, but just to get an idea, you know, some of the guys maybe listening, they know you in probably way, you know, a lot of different forms. They know you because you wrote the book Models. They wrote, they know you because you have a lot of viral blog posts. Um, you know, maybe they know you from, I know that you were into pickup back in the day. Um, yeah. so why don't you just give us like a, a quick synopsis of, of how you got started, you know, like a little bio in a way so guys can know, uh, you know, more about you and then we can talk more about some other stuff. Sure. Um, so it goes way back. Yeah, let's um, go back. Man, I'm it, talking two years old. I'm, let's go back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting old when I think about this because uh, I got into this stuff in 2005. Um, so I was a junior in college, and I had I had had one girlfriend. So I was always, you know, as a teenager, I was always pretty bad with women. Um, I was always the best friend, and um, and then I got to college, and and through I happened to like get decent at playing guitar and then managed to like nab me my first girlfriend and I was just like head over heels crazy for her and um looking back I mean we were young and stupid but looking back like it was a completely dysfunctional relationship but like when when you're young and kind of naive and in love like you're just like whatever everything's perfect we're gonna be married and have a million babies it's gonna be awesome and um it turned out that she was uh, she was cheating on me, and then when I found out and confronted her about it, she left me. So I was just devastated, like completely heartbroken. And more importantly, I was very much uh, disillusioned. So all of these, basically, it was like in my mind, we were this beautiful, happy couple that was in love, and everything was going to be amazing. And all of that, all of my assumptions about women, about love, about relationships. Um, was like set on fire and burned to the ground. So I kind of entered this like depression a little bit where I, I didn't know, I basically didn't know what to believe anymore. I, I basically just admitted that I had no clue what I was doing. And, um, and it was around that time that uh, The Game came out by Neil Strauss. And uh, I read that and got really excited about it was a young single guy was like this is it all right like this is how women work this is how things work let's like let's go out and do this and um you know the pickup artist thing was really big back then like it, it kind of exploded for about four three or four years there uh and i got into it for a little while and and uh i started going out and and trying all this stuff out and i just i really didn't like it like it I like that it got me to go out and start talking to girls, but um, I didn't like the idea that I'd like memorize these jokes and repeat like stories. And I don't know. It just felt very disingenuous to me, and it kind of sat poorly with me. Um, and then a couple couple years went by, and I started to become really successful with a lot of women, and you know. I always find it funny that successful, like this in, in the, the industry, especially back then, it was like successful basically meant like you got your dick wet a lot. And um, one of the things that I challenge in models is that like 
success should be defined by happiness and fulfillment. It shouldn't be defined by how many girls you sleep with, whether she was an eight or a ten or a five, um, you know, whether you had a threesome or not or whatever. Uh, and so I kind of became known around the the pickup scene uh, in the Northeast um, because, frankly, I was just going out and getting laid a lot. And uh, around the same time, I read Tim Ferriss's book, I Wanted to Start a Business, and I kind of got sucked into, there are tons of guys always asking me for advice, so I kind of got sucked into uh, starting a, a, a dating advice site and doing a little bit of coaching and, and helping a lot of guys out. And um, that went on for a year or two. It was Is that like the very site eager. that we know right now? MarkManson.net, no. or was it something completely different? It was completely different. Um, what site was I that? Decided, it was called Practical Pickup. Um, because back then, my whole thing was like, dude, because back then, every, all guys wanted to like memorize all these lines. Like, you would even, guys would like write out note cards. I don't know, I don't know how old school you are, but like back in the day, man, guys would like fill out note cards and they would call it a routine stack. And it's basically like, oh yeah, I know the routine. Is, I know all that stuff. Yeah, so it's like this is my first joke, and this is my my story to to ground my comfort game, and this is my second joke, and and guys would like memorize this stuff and like perform it as if it was like a like a speaking like a speech or something, and uh, this was supposed to like I don't know make them really attractive or something, and um, I just saw this as like very impractical, very ridiculous, like kind of, it was dehumanizing. So I started a site called Practical Pickup and it was basically the whole idea was we're going to teach guys to just be normal, cool guys. And, um, and so I did that for a few years and, uh, I wrote models, which became really successful. And then, uh, I just kind of hit this point where it was like, all right, I, I, I'm done. I've said everything I feel like I, I could say. Um, at that point, I just felt like I was repeating myself, and um, I decided to just move into like more general personal development um, and psychology. And uh, so that's that's when I switched over to MarkManson.net, and uh, I've been doing that ever since. Hey, man! Sorry to interrupt. It's still me, Trip. I just wanted to let you in on something that most of my listeners don't know about. It's 10 years of my most effective techniques for meeting and seducing beautiful women condensed into this ultimate training. It's available at getherhooked.com. Don't worry if you're not attractive, rich, or don't have high status. This 10-hour online course gives you the whole system I've created for meeting and attracting the beautiful women in your town. It will help you with approach anxiety, knowing what to say to women on the street and online, how to flirt, my exact texting sequence for getting her to respond, which you can just copy and paste, and how to either get a girlfriend or have multiple one-night stands. This is everything you need to know, and it's all in this one program. Get it now at getherhooked.com. Again, that's getherhooked.com. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, since 2013, 2012, 2015. What was the first article on your, uh, on your blog that went viral? Uh, it was one called, it's funny, it was a cultural one. It was uh, 10 Things Americans Don't Know About America. And it's because I, I was living abroad for a number of years. 
Um, and I wrote it on the 4th of July, which is funny because I, I was in Colombia and I like had no idea it was the 4th. I didn't even realize it was the 4th of July. So I, I published this, this article that was uh, basically shitting on U.S. culture <laughs> on the 4th of July. And so it, it just went crazy and I received a ton of hate mail. <laughs> of course. I mean, listen, anything that's that polarizing, that's, the, that's what goes viral. I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Either something that's super inspiring or super hated. And obviously at this point, it sounds like you've done both. So, yep. yeah, that's definitely a recipe for, for going viral. But, uh, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people, myself included, seem to um, really gel with what your basically outlook on life, you know. And I think you are able to write it in such a way that uh that people can understand you know i don't know there's a lot of things i read and when there's when there's a lot of blogs out there that try to get all fancy and 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 have a lot of jargon you know i personally don't really connect with that as much you know but you're just speaking to people like hey here's the deal like this is how it is and you're doing it in a way that everyone can understand and i think that's one of the reasons why people um, really relate to what you have to say about life and dating and, and things like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I go for. Yeah. That's great. And it's funny. We have a very similar story. I, I really, it's uh, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. I'm 31. So I'm a year younger than you. And, um, yeah, pretty much the same thing goes with me. You know, I was in college, got a girlfriend I mean, I had girlfriends before that, but whatever. This one, you know, I thought was amazing, and then she cheated on me, and then went through the whole process. I think there's a lot of guys who go through that process, you know. They're, they realize they're not good with women, and then they read the game, and then that just opens up their eyes to this idea that, hey, you can learn this stuff, and it's learnable, and there are people out there who are um, not your, you know, Brad Pitts who are going out there and meeting girls because this is, um, you know, more of like a, a science, so to speak, or something you can actually learn. And it's funny because I went through that same thing. And it, it, very funny is that you said the, the uh, routine stacking. I actually, I was doing that. I was writing yeah. stuff on note cards. And the reason why I never ended up using the note cards and going out was because it just felt like homework. You know, it's like, yeah. this is like a lot of work. I got, I honestly, I got lazy. That's how I found myself going more the uh, honest, authentic, just be a cool dude type route was that I was just yeah. like, I don't, oh, this is too much work. I'm like, can I just go out there and just, you know, start conversations and then kind of see what happens. And so that's what I did. I just is like, I threw everything, yeah. um, you know, out the window and was like, let's just see what happens if I go out there and start talking to women. And that started to work. Yeah, and I, I think that's such an important mindset shift. It is Because that, that same, I went through that same shift too. And actually, I took the note card out and like tried it a few times. And uh, I plead just being young and stupid. But um, it, I bombed so bad. Like, I, girls looked at me like I was just the biggest weirdo in the world and actually I remember I don't know who this this woman is this was like 10 years ago 11 years ago I don't know who this is I have no idea what her name was or whatever but I remember it was maybe like the second or third night I went out trying this stuff and I was trying to do like a magic trick because that's what 
you know, the game said that everybody should do. And, um, and I remember like, I was just making a fool out of myself. And I remember this girl like looked at me like, so it was three different girls at a bar and two of them just like rolled their eyes and left, walked away, uh, which hurt. And then the, the third girl kind of lingered for a second and I just kind of like looked down and realizing that I was just blowing it and looking like an idiot. And I remember she looked at me and she was like, you seem like a good guy. You don't have to try so hard. And then she walked away. And honestly, like, I think that whoever she was, like, she probably saved me like six months of frustration and confusion uh, because I went home that night and like, I just threw all this crap away and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start it normal. Like, I'm just going to start it like having a conversation. I don't care if I need to talk about the weather. I don't need to, I don't care if I need to talk about like where I grew up. Like, let's start there and then we can like add stuff to it and, and try different things out. But like, I'm not going to replace my entire personality you know, because some book said I would get laid. Right, right. And I think that's a big lesson there is that, you know, and this is for me included, I'm sure a lot of guys who are listening right now, is that the, the, the PUA stuff, the game, the book, all that stuff, all that really did was, like you said, it got you to go out. So I'm assuming, because this is what happened to me, I'm assuming for you, same thing, is that you probably never even really tried going out and talking about the weather you never tried going up to a girl and just talking. You know, it's very rare that I get oh, a guy yeah. who's like, I've never read any pickup stuff and I just started going out and talking to girls and I'm just doing terrible. It's like we were too scared to even do that in the first place. So we thought, oh, we need the magic tricks and we need the this and the that right. and the fluff and the peacocking. And it's like, but we didn't know any better because we didn't know that, oh, you don't need that. But we didn't know because we weren't even talking to girls in the first place. Yeah, it was it was this idea that because it felt really hard, we assumed it must be complicated, you know. And the fact is, is that it's emotionally it's hard because you're scared, but it's actually extremely simple. Um, but yeah, it was the same thing for me. I mean, the the fact that I could like get on the subway and talk to the girl next to me, like that just blew my mind at the time. Like I thought that it, a guy who did that was a huge creep and a loser and she was going to mace you in the face and like run off the train screaming. And it, it turned out that that's just actually like how normal people function in the world <laughs> and that I was scared. Like I had, I had social anxiety issues and that's honestly, that was like 80% of my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. Once I got over that approach anxiety, you know, a lot more things kind of fell into place just because, you know, as long as you've had any experience talking to anyone in your life and you can get over that fear and then anxiety, you'd be surprised, you know, of course not every girl is going to say yes to, but you'd be surprised how many would without having to use, yeah. you know, anything from those books. So let I me, mean, let's, let's segue that into, into models. So you wrote models and that is, it's, got a huge cult following you know i see a lot of people mm -hmm. online always recommending that book to other people and i don't think i even see besides maybe like the way the superior man by david data um i don't really see a lot of other books that are like recommended to to other guys and right. uh, and that says a lot i mean you know that means that you 
you know, a lot of people are really connecting with what you have to say in there. So, you know, tell me about the process of that, like writing that book and what it was like and, and, you know, also I, I know some guys here, uh, who's ever listening should definitely buy it. It's a great book, but maybe you can also summarize a little bit of what, what the book is, is saying and and how it helps guys. Mm -hmm. So models, the ideas for models kind of started back in 2010 or so. Um, I had been, I had had my website for a couple of years. I had been coaching guys for a couple of years. And the more I worked with men, I, I noticed that, <laughs> I noticed that like what they perceived to be their problems usually wasn't actually the problem. Um, usually it actually came down to, there was just a very fundamental kind of like emotional issue going on, whether it be anxiety or anger issues or distrust or uh, just like a really, really lack of like self-esteem. And it started to occur to me that this was the issue. Um, all the stuff of like, I don't know what to say or I have approach anxiety or um, yeah, I don't know how to get sexual or I, I need to make better jokes. Like that was surface level stuff that could be kind of ironed out through experience. Um, the real issue going on was was the emotional stuff. And then around the same time, I, I wanted to... I wanted to, I started to realize that just in my own business that uh, my writing seemed to set me apart from other people in the industry. Um, I never felt like I was really great at like creating products or courses um, or marketing them. I never felt like I was like a fantastic coach. Like I think I was competent and I think I helped people, but you know, it wasn't. Like I've met some guys in the industry that it's they to them it's like coaching and consulting and like doing seminars like that is their life calling and they can do it every week for the rest of their life and I was not like that um, I like to sit in front of my computer and uh, pontificate and read a lot so I I wanted to take my career in much more of like a writing angle and it it seemed to be the thing that I was best at too so it, it made sense so. I sat down, when I sat down the right models, I decided that I should try to write the book that I wish I had read when I was 21. Um, because I, like I said, I got into all that PUA stuff. It screwed me up for a little while. Um, and it, it just complicated things. Like I spent a long time feeling very confused um, in, in kind of pursuing the wrong things. Um, so yeah, I... I wanted to write a men's dating book that dealt with emotions, dealt with emotional issues, which is like the one thing that men don't want to talk about. Uh, so it was, it was a challenge to present that in a way that people would be receptive to and, um, and that guys would, would gel with. But um, it's funny, it just it kind of it poured out of me. I wrote it in just a couple months and um, self-published it, threw it online kind of just my, my attitude with it was like all right either this is gonna because when it came out like the the PUA stuff was still very popular and and not even PUA but just like this kind of a I call it in models like I call it a performance mentality 
this idea that, that dating is a performance, that there are certain actions and behaviors and words that you need to practice and replicate. Um, and models basically tells you not to do that. And so I, I kind of assume like, all right, either this is going to bomb horribly and everybody's going to tell me that like I'm a beta nerd pussy and nobody should listen to me or yeah. uh or it'll kind of like create hopefully create a, a new movement um among among guys who are into this stuff and i think it did which it did i think yeah yeah no i, I think it definitely did it was uh yeah it was definitely it was new you know it was uh people weren't talking about meeting women in this way which is shocking that yeah, no one came out and did that. I think I think a lot of people maybe didn't because of that fear of, you know, like you said, being called a beta or being rejected. And you, uh, you didn't give a fuck. You know, you just like <laughs> you're like I'm just gonna put this out there because this is what I believe and and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's absolutely. great. I mean, and. and- I felt like it was a it was a conversation like the whole thing. I mean, the the big theme behind the whole book is vulnerability. Uh, and what I noticed with the men I was working with in person and over the phone was like, once you got them in private in a private conversation, guys really needed to hear this stuff and they wanted to hear it. It was just when you had like groups of guys hanging out that you know all those judgments were passed. So. I felt like there was this like silent need below the surface that nobody was addressing, and um, yeah, I just went with it. That's great. That's fantastic. So then you ended up follow. So this is now your second book, the one called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck." And yeah. what, what pushed you to to make this one? Now, I know this isn't necessarily a dating book, um, however. I have a feeling that a lot of the lessons in this book can very much be related to helping guys being better at meeting women. I, I can just feel it. So what do you think? Yeah, there's definitely applications. Uh, and it's, I mean, this book is, it's kind of a bread and butter personal development book. Um, it's all about, um, essentially the book is about what we choose to find important in our life and how we choose to define ourselves. And that plays out in all sorts of different areas, you know, so that plays out in your, your career and your work life. It, it plays out in your personal relationships, your romantic relationships. Uh, and it plays out with your relationship with yourself, um, how you cope with your own emotions, how you deal with your fears and anxieties, how you, uh, how you choose to define happiness or success or failure for yourself. Um, this book, it came out of, so I started blog, doing the self-development stuff, and I really developed kind of a knack for, uh, for lack of a better term, I, shitting all over positivity. Um, as soon as I kind of like broke into the, the self-help space, um, I quickly became overwhelmed and a little bit disgusted about like how cheery and positive everything had to be all the time. Uh, like what's an example that, of something you saw that was like that? Oh, I mean like the most egregious example is like books like The Secret. Like th- people who basically say like if you just think positive thoughts all the time, then you'll be happy and nothing bad will ever happen to you. And uh, 
that is, that's just, it's basically telling people to delude themselves. It's basically saying like, hey, you know what, that, that whole thing called reality, we don't really have to deal with it. You know, just stand in the mirror and smile and tell yourself how beautiful you are. Uh, it's right, I, right. To to me, it's 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 a bunch of feel good fluff. And um, and interestingly, like my my personal development, um, a lot of it came through my own experiences dealing with my dating relationships. I mean, like my big problem area in my life was my intimate relationships, and that started with my family when I was young, but then. When I became an adult, it played out with my relationships with women. And so I overcompensated in a lot of ways and became a player for a long time. I became obsessive about it, uh, um, struggled with commitment, intimacy issues. And that was my kind of trouble area. You know, every, other people have their own trouble areas. Different people, some people have like, really bad confidence issues when it comes to say money or their aptitude to do good work or whether they deserve success or not. Other people have problems in, you know, the arena of, uh, like family relationships. Other people have problems, you know, it goes on and on. We all have our trouble areas. Uh, but what I had learned through my experience was that you don't get through these trouble areas by just smiling and telling yourself everything's great. Uh, you get through it by dealing with the pain, like there's some sort of like wounds or pain underneath the surface and uh, you need to be, be able and willing to, to confront it directly. And so I started writing about this on the blog and it, um, the blog started to just take off. It, it blew up. I mean, the blog was pretty successful back in the, the dating advice days. Um, but one, once I started writing about this type of stuff, I mean, it, it grew, you know, now there's like, millions of people come and read it um, each year. And um, so I, I decided I wanted to write a book about that. I, I actually, my original kind of concept for the book was like a negative, like a negative self-help, like a negative form of self-help. Basically, um, a self-help that's centered around dealing with rejection, um, accepting struggle and pain, you know, taking responsibility, all, be, being skeptical of your own beliefs and, and accepting that, that you're wrong. Like to me that any sort of growth that's ever happened in any arena is going to stem from dealing with the, the negative experiences. So um, that, was, that was the impetus for, for this one, for this book. How do you think guys who are going out, trying to meet women, trying to approach, trying to date, you know, what kind of advice could you give to them in terms of what you're saying here, you know, in terms of yeah. de dealing with the, with the pain or, you know, or just really your basic thesis of, of your latest book, you know, how could that all relate? Well, the book is essentially about what are you choosing to find important or like what do you give a fuck about? And um, like we all have to give a fuck about something. Um, so we need to be careful of what we're choosing to give a fuck about. And one thing that I see with, with men, and this has become a lot more clear now that I've kind of exited this, the dating advice space and, and just kind of watched from far away now. Um, there are a lot of cultural pressures on men that I, I think don't get talked about a lot. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on men uh, to be desired um, and being sexually attractive or being successful in your dating life is 
we're taught growing up that that is it's a status symbol and it makes you a better person a cooler person um, makes you admired and I think this is really dangerous for reasons one is when people start attaching uh, their self-worth to <laughs> other human beings like it's just you're, you're gonna you're just gonna get a lot of like messy stuff happening ethically but two it's just it's not fair to men like it's just a poor way I mean I spent pretty much my entire teenage years judging on whether I was getting late or not and looking back like that was such a horrible way to treat myself like it was just a bad way to measure myself as a human being um, and I think millions of, of boys and young men are growing up with that and that's that's what's leading to all this anxiety and this uh, this idea that you need to perform and learn all these tricks and routines or memorize different lines to like impress a girl uh, because essentially what these guys are doing is that they're they've bought into the idea that sex with hot girls makes you into like a high status club and um, and you've got to like you've got the tricks to get into that club you got to find a way to like sneak in if you're not one of the, the blessed alpha males that was born with like six pack or whatever and that's just such a destructive mentality to have. Okay, so you're saying here that a lot of guys will, will go out and, and try to feel better about themselves by sleeping with, you know, eights, nines, and tens. And you're saying that that's not the way to feel better. That's not the way that a person's or a guy is going to truly feel happy. Yeah, I mean, because basically you're, you're, it's the same thing as chasing more money or chasing a cooler car. Like, it's, it's a superficial pleasure that... Um, exists for a short period of time and then it just goes away. It, it ceases to mean anything, uh, you know, as time goes on. So it, it creates a, a very empty lifestyle um, and you never actually kind of solve those internal self-esteem issues. Do you have any tips for guys on how to do that and how they can start to solve some of those self-esteem issues? Because I think a lot of guys have trouble with that and I found that it's difficult to explain how to do that. It is. And I think it's because it's so personal. You know, like a lot, every guy has his own story. Um, and every guy's insecurity originates from different places. Um, you know, it might have been an absent father. It might have been a, an overbearing mother. It might have been a high school girlfriend who was emotionally abusive. Like, everybody has their own thing. Um so it's hard to just give this like catch-all solution to that. What I would say is that, and, and what I talk about in the new book, is that men need to look at how they're choosing to measure themselves. Like what is the, the yardstick you're using to measure yourself? Is it, you know, the, the classic examples of like bad ways to measure yourself is like how much money you make. Um, everybody kind of instinctively knows that that is not really uh, I mean we, we all care about how much money we make but like we all know that if that's the only thing you care, care about or if that's the highest priority in your life over everything else um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you to kind of like a miserable shallow existence um, and the same thing comes to women it's if you are measuring yourself in this way you need to start looking at like why where does that measurement come from and what does it really doing for you and what I propose in models is a much better better measuring stick 
for oneself is simply measuring yourself by the the quality of the interactions that you have uh, with the women you meet. So, and what I mean by quality is simply the emotional response you get from it. So, how much are you enjoying the women that you're going out with? Um, how satisfied are you? How good do you feel about um, the conversations you're having and and uh, the personality of the women, the women that you're talking to, do their values align with yours? Um, do they make you laugh? Do you have good chemistry? Things like that. Uh, and what happens is when, as soon as you move that measuring stick over to like just the emotional quality of each interaction, suddenly you find kind of these funny situations where success uh, no longer success might mean like not having sex. Success might mean um, actually rejecting a girl that you went on a date with. Maybe you go on a first date with a girl, she's really hot, but you find her really annoying and she's just a a total pain to deal with. And uh, you decide that since that is your definition of success and you're not emotionally enjoying being around her, um, you break things off with her and you don't go on a second date. And it was when I started kind of figuring these things out in my own life because back when I was like kind of overcompensating with this stuff, I slept with so many women that I didn't actually like. Like they just had a nice body or a nice face and or I was drunk, you know, and it's like I didn't actually enjoy being with them. It was just like waiting. I was A date with them was basically like a timer that I had to wait out to get my vagina validation fix. And then I would go home and I'd be like, all right, next one. And um, it was just a very like unsatisfying, kind of miserable dating life, even though I was quote unquote successful in terms of like, um, you know, male culture and, and the pickup industry. And it was finally when I kind of put my foot down, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hang out with girls I don't like. I'm, I'm, sex doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to find women. I genuinely enjoy being around women I respect as people who have values I care about. Uh, and if I can find those women, then the sex will happen by itself. And, and it's true. The sex is just a side effect of the emotional interplay going on between you and the woman you meet. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because it becomes sort of an addiction, you know, as, yeah. as you go out to seek um, validation, right? And, you know, like you said, the vagina validation, that's a good uh, blog post title right there. Yeah. (laughs) Vagina validation. (laughs) Um, And you go and and you try to get that and you get it and you feel good. Yeah. But it doesn't feel good forever. Why? I don't know. That's a whole other, um, you know, talk. But it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't last forever. And so you got to keep going back and getting more, getting more and getting more. What does that sound like? It sounds like drugs. Yeah, you know, you do a drug. Drugs don't last forever. In order for it to to feel the drug again, you got to do it again and do it more and more. And then same thing with vagina validation, like drugs. You probably build a tolerance. You're like, oh, this isn't hot enough. I need hotter. You know, like with drugs, I need something stronger, right? And then you just keep going out, and and it's a losing game. It's it's not something you can win. So it sounds like you discovered that fairly quickly. In your uh, in your journey, is that wait a minute? It's this isn't really making me feel fulfilled. I'm not even really having fun doing it, you know. 
you know, you just you, you maybe you're having fun during the sex part, but but everything else to even get there is just sucks, and then everything after that sucks too. It's not yeah. it's not true happiness. Yeah, it well, it took me about five years, and one of the really kind of eye-opening things that kind of got me to, to, to recognize this and see how I was like basically this was ruling my life and um, and it was just kind of making me a bad person it was I had always kind of justified it to myself that all these women that I slept with I had like we had something kind of like special some emotional connection that was unique you know it, they weren't just like a a notch on the bedpost. It was like, no, no, we had an, we shared an experience together, and we like had this beautiful month, and blah blah blah. And I, I kind of built all it up in my mind that I had all, had all these beautiful connections with all these women I had met. Um, and what happened is that enough time went by, enough years went by that I realized that that wasn't true. Um, that most of these women had basically forgotten about me and didn't care about me anymore. Uh, and that I, it was me who was holding on to this illusion that like it had meant something. It was like significant in some way. And uh, yeah, once I real, once these women just kind of started cutting me off from their life or just forgetting about me, uh, it forced me to wake up, be like, wait a second, like those twenty, like twenty different women who I used to like think I had something special with, like don't even want to talk to me anymore, don't even remember I exist, like, that was a pretty, like, it was a punch in the gut, and uh, forced me to start evaluating, like, what was actually meaningful in my relationships, and um, and it turned out very little. Right, right, exactly. And so then you, you found that it was those quality interactions and having meaningful conversations and just overall good times with good cool girls was way more fulfilling than just sleeping with a bunch of tens yeah and and it's not even like it's not even that it was necessarily like way more meaningful it was just it was enjoyable i was no longer like kind of chasing something i was just going out and enjoying the women I was around and you know if I went out and I met say 10 women and I didn't really enjoy being with any of them that night was still a success because I stuck to my values I stuck to my standards um, if I went out and I spent you know three days with a woman and had a fucking blast and didn't end up sleeping with her but kept in touch with her for for a while like that's a success too because it's just what what matters is that it's it's my the quality of the interaction the emotion the emotions that come with just being with her and spending time with her um, everything else is just kind of the details right right i like it so is there anything else you could share with us from your latest book um, anything else that you could think of that could can help some guys in their in their journey of meeting women. <laughs> well, um, I definitely do get I get into the nitty gritty of kind of my history of like emotional issues and borderline <laughs> sex addiction. I don't like calling it sex addiction because I think it's such a 
it's such a subjective thing. But um, I definitely did spend a number of years of my life um, chasing and sleeping with dozens and dozens and dozens of women. And, um, and now that I've gained distance from that and grown older, you know, I feel like I have much better perspective on it. And so I talk about that in the book and how those lessons kind of led me to this philosophy of like, what is your yardstick? How are you measuring yourself? How does this change? How do you define success and failure? And how does that change how you feel about yourself? Because um, it all sounds very abstract and psychological, but really like it is 100% relevant to that that anxiety you feel in your stomach when you want to ask a girl on a date or um, when you feel like an idiot because you sent a text message and she didn't reply and you like misspelled something and you like beat yourself up about it. Like these are the real issues going on. Like your relationship with yourself, you know, the only way to improve your relationships with women is to improve your relationships with yourself first, have a better relationship with yourself and improve yourself. And, um, you know, these are the real questions that need to be asked at some point along the journey. Right. Right. I like it. Very deep. It is, it is definitely deep stuff, but that, like you said, is the stuff that, uh, can really make a, a lasting difference in, in really this whole journey, you know, not just meeting women, but, but life itself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, also just a side note, I like how your subtitle is a counterintuitive approach to living a good life, which is, you know, it sounds like basically saying like, you're not, giving the uh, the same spiel that everyone else has been giving in terms of, of personal development, but you're taking this kind of other realistic, uh, gritty angle. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. So for you listening, if you want to go check that out, it is available on Amazon right now. So go there and get the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Mark, thanks so much for hopping on today and sharing some of your your wisdom and your stories. I think uh, we got a lot out of it. I know I did just learning about, you know, how you came to be now and and uh, what your philosophy is today, which I think can help a lot of guys who are listening. So thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Trip. It's good being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks.